Quack. Quack. Twelve in. Mm, no, not so much. Oh no. Oh boy. Oh boy, listeners. Oh boy, boy. Well, I'm Aaron. That's Adam. I watched yeah. the game. So did he. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Welcome hey, to the Crack Twelve Podcast. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome to the show. It's for the Oregon Ducks, the football it's gonna team. Be a- okay. One. Yeah. We didn't. One team is obviously the national champion. Not us. Two. We never won. Another team is obviously rebuilding coaching staff and has oh. maybe a quarterback situation. <laughs> maybe the worst team in the world. Who knows? <laughs> maybe. maybe. You know? From what I saw. I wish you could talk me from this <laughs> ledge, my friend. Oh, because no. Yeah. Adam, help me the sport Luddite mm-hmm. regain perspective because I know mine is blown askew from what we witnessed. Yeah. Um, but you did also in the last episode raise concerns for a scenario in which mm-hmm. what we just watched happen happened. So where are we at? It was possible. This was always a possibility. Why? I'll tell you why. And this is something we should have said beforehand. It would have been... Because everything. Smart. I definitely built up that this is, you know, the defending national champion. That their talent is on the next tier. We are very talented. We are still a very talented team. We are Everything you said, the announcer said. Yeah. Lost 15, but gained just as powerful. Yeah. Yeah, or or yeah, just shuff, cycled through. Um, you know they had veteran players ready to just fill in, and boy did they, boy did yeah. they. But uh, and so this was you know the doomsday scenario. Absolutely, I think. Um, no, I know that absolutely everything went poorly for the Ducks. Yeah. But there's still some silver linings in there. We'll get into that. Um, I will say though. What was, I mean, this is, the, that is the most talented team, I do believe. Uh, not just talented team, but you could probably just say, we'll have to see where they really end up this season, but probably just the best team, period, the Oregon Ducks have ever played in their entire history. Right. right. There's yeah. a chance. There is a chance from all the well, okay, one, I would like to apologize to ABC and all of its affiliate partners and family, <laughs> corporate mm-hmm. level, for they weren't they weren't bad to us. And so I apologize for assuming that they would, because I have a negative outlook on life. You do not like ABC <laughs> but, or Disney, yeah, that's right. But uh yeah, at the end of this season, it's very well likely thirty percent chance that Georgia will be yet again the national champion. And then what happened on game day won't seem so bad. Yeah. Um, you know it'll what be was like, funny? Yo, look. It's, <laughs> it was, it, it's the national champions. The nice thing was it was such a beatdown and it was such a boring game that I do. God. And that the headlines are just, oh, man. Like, they're like, the main headline is just, 
damn, Georgia is really fucking good. And also, like, eh, Ducks looked really bad. Like, that's yeah. kind of, like, the aside of it, you know? Uh, the, but mainly, the, it's, like, the, the good thing is you get the built-in excuse of, like, I mean, it was the it was a new coaching staff, and it was our like the week one, and it's against the best team, like a truly amazing team. I was really impressed with George's offense. Obviously, I think that's really where they broke open the game. Like our defense was just they were having execution errors, and on top of that, Georgia was just ready to fully take advantage of it, and they had a really smart game plan. But it did look yeah. like there were moments of the defense looks good, like Sewell breaking through the line and almost nabbing yeah. up. Guys. Almost. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right. But, yeah, like, it was a yeah. lot of almost, right? It was a lot mm-hmm. of missed tackles. Mm-hmm. And it, if, if they some, were getting there, but they weren't finishing it. Yeah, exactly. And, and like, that's a that's a hard part of it. Like a lot of, you know, it's tough enough yeah. to break back there in time while the QB still got the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. Uh it's a it's a very hard thing to f- actually finish up that final move. You know that's what gets you in the NFL is being able to do both of those. You know, what do you uh, think yeah. about that late hit situation that happened? I was actually surprised, kind of, that he wasn't ejected from the game. Flow, which it just felt the mm-hmm. way the game was going. I was like, oh my right. god, yeah, he's out. Like, and, right? Yeah, and I you know, I would it. make sense. Yeah, I'm glad he wasn't. Just so that wasn't something over our heads of like. Oh damn it! Floating in a play in this you know huge game because like that yeah the- that would have made all the difference <laughs> if he was there yeah well that's the fun thing we would have won about these scores is like no individual error obviously the two interceptions played a huge part in it obviously avo obviously but um no like single error or single player even which is what we we I mean we're gonna get into Bo Nix at some point I'm sure but uh. No single player or single error broke this game because, like, mm-hmm. the score was so lopsided, the yeah. play was so lopsided, yeah. the talent was so lopsided, yeah. uh, the fans were so lopsided yeah. that uh, it, it just kind of felt like, no, this was this was everything. Like, this was destined to happen. I think the hardest pill, and maybe it's time, maybe we just switch right into it right now. You've already kind of teased it. Mm-hmm. I think the hardest pill to swallow, uh, and so my heart really goes out to him, is uh, Bo. Yeah, Bo Nix. They literally made it a point to say before the game, the coaches had a talk with him, and he even said, you know, you want to be on – Sports Center for the good clips, not the bad <laughs> ones. And then, like, nope, just halfway the through ones. the first quarter, halfway through the first quarter, it's they're like, first drive. Well, he's going to be on Sports Center for the bad clips. It's like, fuck. Yeah. Um, this fucking kid. And, like, this was interesting uh, because it's. Also, yeah. I'm sorry. I cut no, no, you no. Off. You're excited. I want to hear it. I want to hear yeah. it, man. I cut you off and I apologize. But also. Mm hmm. We're going against a 26-year-old quarterback. I mean, literal years of college football experience. Oh, yeah, dude. It's like, that is also another thing that's lopsided. It's like, this dude is an adult. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, he so yeah, he pract- I like that it's like in his career cuz he went to a junior college for one right. so he was yeah, drafted or you know like a <laughs> given a scholarship by Alabama and then he goes one year to a JUCO where he's the quarterback, he's doing well, gets some, you know, like some real reps and then he comes back to Bama. And so it's like he went to college uh, went to a college just to play football to play football within a college, you know, like it was it was a really smart move, honestly. And it's a career builder. It's yeah, a, it's a whole season in the middle where you don't affect your real college career mm-hmm. that you just get good game time in. Well, and practice, and practice. He's he's damn good, and and as we yeah. saw, he's actually pretty mobile. You know, like he yeah. ran one in. Like he's actually a he's actually pretty quick QB. Um, it's not he it, like too- he evaded Sewell really well. He evaded all. Yeah. Damn, he evaded like the whole damn team. Everyone on one touchdown. Yeah, <laughs> where he just like he he was. I mean, he was perfect basically. I think he he was like yep. eighteen of twenty one in the first half, and that Elite. went up. Yeah, a few of those were just because he was thrown out of bounds because it was the smart thing to do. Um, they scored on their first seven drives. Yeah, on their first seven drives, and then on the eighth drive with their like backups in, they punted. But if they wanted to, they could have been like, mm, "No, yeah. we'll score a touchdown instead." Like they, they I didn't even realize that they had their backups in the game. Oh yeah, at the Dude. end of the game. Mm-hmm. Oh well, we were still struggling. This is why Georgia's amazing, and this is why we are in a tough spot. Honestly, yeah, is because Georgia is at a level in their program. I should say program, as they say in the south. Program, um, that where you've never been, but you've never been in the south. Never will be. No, thank you. Um, I'm just a perfect imitator. There's good people down there. There's good Mm -hmm. people. There was one, and he moved to Seattle. His name is Aaron. Um, Georgia, though, like they're at a part in their program where basically, I mean, like even their, you know, second, uh, second stringers, third stringers, they are getting rotations. Like even last year during their national championship run, they were blowing teams out like they did to us, which means really quickly. And and they feel confident in putting in the backups anyways, because their backups are four stars and five stars. Like, so they don't they don't mind putting in pandemonium. Yeah, exactly. Like they had some really good freshmen playing against us right off the bat, and or you know young players, and they already had experience because they had had been in the rotation. Um, so they're at a, a point where they are just like ready to yeah, and they treated us like a practice squad for quite a bit of this, and, and they were just they played us so well, as in. When you think about Georgia, you think, oh, yeah, they are a running team. They are just big, burly, you know, love to be running back you. Like, that's what they're going to do. And then they're and, throwing. Oh, yeah, and they came out and they were chucking the ball because they knew we were planning on being like, okay, we're going to kind of sell out the run, or at least like, that's going to be our main focus. And because people talk so much shit about Stetson Bennett uh, Jr., even after he – you know, wins the national championship, and it's because of him, you know, because of his play, a big part of it. Uh, he just comes out there, plays some perfect ball, marches down the field, uh, and, yeah, just just picked us apart. Not only that, though, because it's not – because mainly their game with him last season was deep ball. 
they loved doing like the play action or just getting like a really de- like some deep routes. That's what in 50-50 balls and stuff like that. For us, they didn't have to do that. They could just do like the crossers and the little like, you know, hitches and stuff like that. And they would go for so much further because it took 10 goddamn ducks to tackle anybody. It took so many players to tackle anybody. And that's not. It didn't seem like size was an issue. I mean, you know, it's not entirely an issue, but I will say. Georgia's got, you know, two, three tight ends that are incredible. Uh that, that you know, that are NFL early players. on Bowers and Washington. On, yeah. There were some very good tackles. I mean, I guess, yeah. Like sure. the one where he uh snatched his legs and just basically was just like blonk and just stopped him right before the first down. But I think, yeah, we tire easily, don't we? Well, yeah, well, yeah, they were saying conditioning. Well, this is the thing. This is the other thing. This is, I think, why. Our conditioning coach is gone. Well, yeah, uh, Aaron Feld, yeah. We do have one, but yeah. That's the problem. Mustache man is not there. I mean, Cristobal blew out their team, even though, I mean. He was my favorite part of the program. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know. Sorry, friend. But I'll tell you this. Okay. Okay. The reason why this is a 49-3 game, this is why I think, is for all the reasons I just said, you know, the talent and stuff like that. But sure. also, every week one team, a little bit, even Georgia probably, like they had some rust, I'm sure. It's just insane. They just had way less, and we were just not ready to take advantage of anything that yeah. they were throwing our way. Any any little mistake that they made. We no. were making but no but one second it's like yeah. the reason why yeah, it's forty yeah. nine three is because yeah. every team in week one is gonna be rusty. We're extra rusty because it's an entire new staff, an entire new defense, an entire new offense, entire new way of communicating and everything. Uh a few new key players such as Bo Nix and stuff like that. But also, Georgia, they just came off a fucking national championship. And even though they just lost 15 players, all the players that are replacing them already have experience. So it is a week one for them. But Kirby (laughs) Smart has been there for a long time. All of his staff has been there for a long time. So it's like everyone knows what to do. Right off the bat. Like, this isn't their first off-season all doing it and stuff. Meanwhile, our coach, this is his first time ever being a head coach uh, for a college football, you know? And so everything is new for him, too. And for them, they are a well-oiled machine. And ours, we are literally, like, we are basically the Wright brothers seeing, like, okay, let's see if this yeah. can take off. <laughs> yeah. Let's see what we got here. We and where's it going to end? Who knows? Where and when? Yeah, it's like this is the I thing. Was... This is okay. I love this. This is I love this metaphor. Get ready for this. Ready. So we just went against like a finely tuned like fighter jet, right? Just like sure. this thing is ready. Like you got to maintain this thing, or else it's it's too dangerous otherwise. So this thing is just boom, ready to go, and we just got destroyed because we were in that Wright Brothers Kitty Hawk or whatever it's called. 
Right. I'm not looking it up. I think it's. I think Kitty Hawk is where it happened. That's you're probably right. (laughs) But we're in Kitty Hawk. All right. We're the right. You and I are the right brothers. We're in that thing. And we're trying to be like, figure out how this thing works. Luckily, the one of the silver linings of this game is that we're not going, we're not entering a war. We're not entering fucking World War One over here. Instead, what we're doing is entering like that Red Bull flight contest where they build those little like oh, carts yeah. and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. go into the river and see how far they can go. We've yep. got our Wrights Brothers vehicle and we're entering that. And so the, in that regard, it's like, oh, this thing's actually could win the whole thing pretty easily. Like, this thing can actually kind of fly compared to all this. Like, that's what the Pac-12 is. So we could still do really well. That's what I'm kind of hoping, right? That's what we're all hoping, my man. The Pac-12 is Kitty Hawk. Yes. We just have yeah. to be the Wright brothers with a couple of other idiots around us who are also trying to figure out how flying works. Exactly. Yeah, we just went into SEC territory, which is just actual, like, jet. Yeah, we, it's we don't just want any of that. Delta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, it's Boeing or whoever it is that's blowing up airplanes today. Exactly. Um, oh, I went there. So, oh, but back to, you also brought up Bo Nix. Uh, you want to talk about the quarterback, Bo Nix? Well, I feel like it's time... We stop focusing on Georgia because we know they're good, and I need us to dismantle our airplane yeah. so that I can see what kind of used parts we're working with. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a good idea. So, Bo okay. Nix, um, I will say, so, like, you know, what we've heard so much about Bo Nix is that not that he's not talented. He's not the, he's not the all-time greatest QB. He's not, like, a really, really, like, He's not Justin Herbert level of talent. Absolutely not, even though he's wearing the same number. Um, he well, is, some might argue that he's exactly the same kind of talent. No, he is. Uh, but what he is is like like he he is talented. He he can go deep. He can read defenses in theory, uh, and, and he can make quick decisions. Too quick sometimes. Some would say right. <laughs> But uh, and, and that he's willing. We saw this. He's willing to take the deep shot. He's willing to fuck yeah. go for it, even if he's a little off. The but was we, he a little off for some of those? But what? Well, what it really oh, came down some to? Of them. What it really came yeah. down to, though, is we've also heard it's like, and every once in a while he's gonna make a decision where it's like, Bo, why? No, why'd you do that? He, you know, and he's a he's a senior, like. He he's ingrained. Like this is what you get with Bo. We know Bo, and we got what we got yeah. with Bo. Uh, this is against you know the best defense he's gonna play all season, basically guaranteed. You know because we're not getting the playoffs. I kind of hope we don't make the playoffs. Yeah, so this, we don't play is, Georgia again. This is his highlight reel. <laughs> yeah. Well, they were saying he's played Georgia three other times, right? He's lost every time. Right. Uh, which makes Shit. sense. Shit. Fucking good. But. Uh, those two interceptions, because that's really what we're talking about. They here, got right? him pegged. They got him pretty pegged. Yeah. Well, and they they knew like, uh, we'll get into the running game. But with Bo Nix, both those interceptions, we had that first one. He was going mm-hmm. for seven McGee. We yeah. had some success. We were actually marching down the field pretty well. Yeah. And it was just after a big run. I want to say it was Noah Whittington. It was like an 11-yard run. And then we, we, we got another first down. So this was second down. We were feeling good. You know, we were trying to 
to answer their score, I do believe. Right. We were trying to stay competitive. Mm-hmm. And he chucks his thing down. He's going, you know, to our fastest player to true track speed in Seven McGee. So he chucks that thing down, and it doesn't have enough on it. It should have been. It should have had a little more juice. Usually, typically against anyone else, especially on our schedule, it's anyone else. That defensive back is not is best case scenario going to be able to bat the ball away. That dude is just yeah. elite. I mean, all of everyone in Georgia. That, Georgia's slow mo of how they were like this, and his hand is just. Oh, it was an amazing. Congratulations game. to him. I believe that one was Starks, I want to say. Yeah, that must have been Starks. Congratulations. Hats off to you. And that's all you could say was like. I don't know. The the throw wasn't terrible. You know, if Seven McGee wasn't yeah. covered like perfectly, it, there's a world where he can catch that ball. It was actually well, pretty on target, but it was just an amazing pick. So I don't blame him for that. A lot of very smart people, including Hithlidays, like, eh, I don't, you know, it's not the worst decision in the world to, to take that shot. And that's what we were bashing yeah. Cristobal for all the time. It's like we wanted more shots like that. Yeah, like, exactly. There the you go. I got one. one. The second one. Hit the yeah. day again over on Addicted to Quack in his uh, duck dive. He broke this down really well. Um, actually, so it's like what was happening was Bo Nix was – there was this play where he was, you know, like he was – it was basically a screen. It was a screen where he's like looking down. You know, you got all these receivers streaking down the field, and then he's looking at them, but then he looks back towards his running back, checks it down to him – because those receivers were running downfield, it opens up areas where that running back can actually pick up a lot of yards. And that was right. doing well for us, actually, just about every time. Uh, except for, like, one time where uh, uh, Marquise Irving... Um, sorry, we got you a bit nice. Where Marquise Irving, like, you know, like, dropped the ball. But that was equally on, like, Bo Nix and, and him. But, um... So every time he was checking down, it was doing really well. This time... He goes for the deep pass, even though, my man, they're covered. You shouldn't do it. This was like a freshman mistake from a senior. They were covered. Don't do it. Check down. The guy, like, it's still there. It's not, you're not, no one bit on it. So don't throw it down. Georgia's too smart for that. Do it against the Pac-12. Maybe it'll work even if they're covering it. But, like, Georgia, (laughs) no, wasn't the right move. They pick it off. Uh, Smith, Picks it off and, and returns it for 22 yards, and then boom, we're down 14. Now, is that a coaching problem? Should no. the person who just came from Yoria know that? Well, I can tell you this. I mean, maybe it's a coaching problem, as in we elected to say Bonix is the starter. We elected to get Bonix from the transportal, transfer portal and bring him over here. Um, that being said, we don't know what the backups look like either. And so I you're don't full think blame. Your full blame is Bo Nix because the play that, was designed correctly by the coaching staff and he chose incorrectly. Yes. Yes. Got and it. I don't think the play Got is necessary. I, honestly, I will say for Kenny Dillingham, uh, you know, his first game as ROC, I think uh, I'm not going to say he did well because we scored three fucking points. But I don't think the plays or the play calling was what sunk us in this. You know, we didn't have 
near we didn't have any explosive plays. I literally think our highlight for me personally, I would say, you know, there was the Camden Lewis field goal, which hey. MVP got for our, Oregon, right? Am I right? Bro, he got our only points. Congratulations to him. Yes. And that seemed like a game where he was going to miss that field goal. I don't know about you. It seemed like it just because it was like everything was going wrong. I was so happy he got it. Um, but, I think the boy is back in town. I think he's here. boy is back in town. No, I think so. Uh, Gaby Lucas, by the way, drafted um, Camden Lewis in her Pac-12 college football fantasy thing so i thought that was very so hey i mean we got he's got another fan there but i uh, i didn't think the plays or the play calling was bad at all it was just more the execution of it um you know bonix definitely made a couple of bad mistakes there i wish we would have tried to just do some more ground and pound when we were able to in the first half because it was working really well actually the running backs were doing pretty pretty good we were getting a good push the offensive line did well outside of the three or four false starts which against georgia only five penalties in that you know on a in a true basic i'm gonna say a true fucking road game you're not gonna tell me that's neutral it's in fucking atlanta uh, yeah sorry my grandma listened to the show the other day and said i was too many f words so i'm gonna try to cut that back yeah it's it's also yeah there might be too many f words for grandmas I yeah. don't think my grandma would be stoked at all. Guess what, Grandma? Effort. We just lost to Georgia, fucking forty-nine to three. So <laughs> sorry, Nana, but he's a little—he's a little upset. Your Nana. boy's a little pissed. All right, <laughs> I love you. Say hi to Grandpa for me. Um, yeah. So, but Bo Nix, so twenty-one of thirty-seven for one hundred and seventy-three yards. He was our leading rusher, which is not good. Eight carries for thirty-seven yards. So I don't think he did that well. That being said, even though I, t- I tweeted Ty time really quickly, I think I mm-hmm. think it's basically like Ty Thompson and Jay Butterfield. At this point, if they're bailing. I think I think one of them's gonna bail, I would imagine. But and against Eastern Washington, if they don't see time against Eastern Washington, because if it's a close game at all, then fuck. You got to get one of those guys out just to see how they do. You don't know. I don't even care how they are in practice. And if it if it's a blowout, like if Oregon's blowing them out, which it should be, God damn it, it should be. Right. In that case, then one of the backups should be out there anyways. And if we don't see them, you know, after the season, after Cristobal and Lanning, after both those staffs are basically like, uh, no, we don't even want them to have like you know garbage time, then that means I'm sorry, but apparently those two QBs are not worth being on the team outside right. of practice. Is what you're telling us as as what we can speculate, and at at a certain point becomes like obvious and I, then you want them to transfer because then maybe maybe they'll do well robbie ashford who transferred mm-hmm. pretty sure he's winning the auburn job so wow so uh yeah. that's like a good team to be the quarterback for right yeah auburn's uh, i mean bonix was their quarterback he oh, transferred right. over to us so if he does super well there i'm gonna be like okay what the fuck just happened <laughs> so here's Oh shit! I had such a pivotal 
question. Well, in here's a, a random stat. Setson Bennett, okay. 368 yards he threw for two touchdowns. That's a wow. career best thrown yards for him. So, that, wow. Yeah, if that makes you feel good. So, let's say the whole season kind of goes as this went. It's a little impossible. Fl- it's not. We're not going to lose forty nine to three at all to fucking Eastern Washington. Well, sure. But yeah. Continue. But let's say we start. We just keep seeing the same situations that lead to a sure. possible five and you know seven season. So let's say that happens. What do we, do we remove the coaching staff again? No, no, no. And try again? Are we sticking in on this guy? We definitely, okay, you got to, unless you get Do some, we have confidence in this guy? I will say I do. Well, okay, this is how I... We have one game of evidence against Georgia, and mm-hmm. it makes it hard for me to know anything. Fair. I think that's where you should be, Aaron, because it's not fair to measure this Analyze. Thing. Yeah. Right. It, it, it's, it's, it's just like... This is against a well-oiled machine. Like again, it would be like like measuring that like cra- crappy little Wright's brothers playing against jet plane. Like it's yeah. I mean, there's seven forty-seven. Where the Hindenburg? <laughs> there are things we some things we can think about. Like our tackling was atrocious. Was really really bad. Yeah. Uh, that is something you could say. I mean, it's against a level of athlete we're not going to see. Like, Bowers was amazing. Washington, those two tight ends. You can see why it was hard to tackle them. That being said, it shouldn't have been that crazy. Because they were mm-hmm. getting so many yardage out of just, like, simple plays that they were able to gain more after an attempted right. tackle. A play that every team has done 100 times. And it made it so Georgia didn't even have to risk much. Like, they didn't have to bomb it downfield. Because right. why would they throw that, like, when they can still, right. when they can easily march down the field? Um, so that that's a huge problem. And that's a lot of stuff where it's like, in week two, let alone against an easier team, but in week two, a lot of that stuff does get better. That's where they say the largest uh, you know, leap in improvement is from week one to week two, which is also, holy shit, does that mean Georgia's going to improve drastically? Because I can't imagine how. <laughs> but Right. Uh, do, you want, do you want silver linings or do you want kind of the bad the bad stuff first because i think we can break let's it the bad let's take the bad pill so we can have the sugar after there you go well we already talked about some of the bad aspects of onyx um yeah i think we can also say the defense the tackling that was so rough that was a big part of it uh we're i think we should be afraid of what the secondary really is doing because there does seem to be also some obvious like lapses in coverage possibly but that's them just kind of learning a new scheme right but yeah i i think triquist bridges he did play some corner which surprised his day surprised me a bit too to hear that uh we are really thin on corner and he he's just isn't the best tackler and i that you know was apparent during the game I will say we had some terrible news after the game. It was confirmed. Popo Amave, uh, you know, a crucial tackle, defensive tackle. He's out for the season with a foot 
injury. He's going to need that. Uh, like a, he's, They basically decided, yeah, you're going to need a surgery or something like that. He, wow. He's been trying Week to recover. One. Yeah, he's been trying to recover all off season from a surgery he's already had, I do believe. But, yeah, he's missing all this season. He was a veteran. Luckily, we had, you know, like uh, Taimani and uh, Rodgers were able to uh, fill in uh, really well. And those are good backups. Those should be serviceable backups. I don't think necessarily they were a weakness at all. But, yeah, that that sucked to have Popo out So, you remember last week when you were telling me about how... Lanning was keeping everything close <laughs> to his chest. And he wasn't talking about anything. Yeah, it didn't really matter. But, yeah, it was a good gamesmanship thing. What yeah, but maybe now we know why he wasn't really talking about <laughs> like, it. Fucking... Well, you know what he did <laughs> He's say? like, well, you know, it kind of needs a little tweaking. Couple, it's not really ready. A couple interesting quotes. Like, <laughs> during, like, weeks ago, it was probably like a month ago or something like that. But in camp, he was definitely saying, like, someone asked him, like, are you ready to play Georgia? And he said, like, absolutely not. Wow. It was like a month ago, you know. But, yeah, he said, like, no, we are not ready. And, like, yeah, he's totally true. He's not ready. Like, it takes a while to instill all these things, to instill defensive philosophies and stuff like that. Uh, Even when you have talent, you can be a talented team and just, like, that doesn't mean enough. Um, Second question. Oh, wait, there's one more quote. There is one more funny quote. Where Kirby Smart, George's... Uh, coach, this is getting a lot of heat. Like a lot of people are being like, "Oh, this is bulletin board material," and like Duck fans should be angry and stuff like that. But it also is like fucking true. Kirby Smart at the end, uh, and obviously him and Dan Landing seem to get along very well still together. Like he's rooting the best for him. He's he was just like, he's like Dan Landing will never say this, but we have better players. <laughs> That's why we won. We just have better players. Like, nothing to right. it more than that. And, yeah, we do. On top of that, all the, you know, philosophy is completely instilled and stuff like that. But, yeah, they got better players. Uh, luckily, we're going to yeah. have better players than most of the other teams that we play. But that's not enough. You know, that's not enough to win. Like, you can still lose. Right. A lot of the problems we have in here, like not tackling right, like that can translate to losses against worse teams on our schedule. Absolutely. And, right. And, be, and maybe, you know, like we don't get the Dan Lanning's defense this entire season. That is a possibility. That would suck. And maybe we can't rely on QB Bo Nix to reliably bail us out of all this stuff. Uh, so right. I, I think that's that's the large majority. And the injury to Popo. There were seemingly some other injuries. Like obviously we saw um, uh, Coda go down for a second, which. He went back in the right. game. But that was also because Bo Nix kind of, like, led him into dangerous. Like, he could have thrown that ball a little better so he didn't take that hit. Then Coda, he catches it really well. Like, he's known yeah. as a possession receiver. He's got great And then great immediately hands. gets smashed. I think Coda's going to have a really big season. Uh, yeah, but okay. he gets smashed. Luckily, that I, I was worried for a second there. Yeah. Also, we had some... Um, I believe a few more for a second. Like, oh, uh, Bassa on that attempted tackle. I believe it was against Washington. I forget who, but against that uh, 
he tried to tackle that bulldog, just crumples down, and then the dude gets like <laughs> gets like seventeen more yards. Oh, I believe God. he should be good to go. I mean, Lanning's still kind of holding these close to his chest. He were going against Eastern Washington too, so it could make sense to be like mm, sit out for a week because BYU week three that's gonna be a huge game. That means oh. a lot. Oh my gosh, that means a lot. I feel uh, that okay. That'll be a huge. So three, two weeks from now, mm-hmm. we're going to have a, a pretty clear picture of our season. I think perspective. I mean, yeah, I, I think it's it's a good barometer, certainly. Yeah. OK. Uh, do, do you want to get into some good stuff? I think? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, let's kick off the good stuff with you also helping continuing aligning my brain, mm-hmm. getting my perspective correct. Yes. I've had five years now in college sports mm-hmm. so i now have, super i've senior. been receiving i've been receiving a pattern yes and i just want to make sure i'm clear on how it works obviously every four years your roster gets a shakeup every year your roster gets a shakeup just because of students coming and going yeah yeah but outside of that it does appear as though our team has always stood on fairly volatile ground how common is that throughout college sports? Like, is it always really volatile and shaking and moving? I mean, it is. Well, I'll say or this. are we a special circumstance where we are just bad at keeping coaches? We're bad at picking the right choices, even though they sh- look good on paper. It still turns out terrible on the field. I would say a lot. Are we of- an exception? I think every fan base definitely feels that way, but I will tell you this. Okay. Parts that are definitely an anomaly are how much coaching turnover we've had. That is huge. Okay. Especially that is head, an anomaly. Like, for, for a job that is actually, you know, other Pac-12 fans will make fun of us and be like, we're not desirable. But we are a certain amount of desirable, definitely. Like, people right. do want this job. There's a lot of money, a lot of potential. It's a power five thing. There's a history of success. There, It is. It, it is a desirable job. So that is a right. weird, especially weird turnover. And then the other thing is, and people will definitely agree with you here, in the most important position, QB, we, right. we've been very, I'd say, volatile. Because since right. Justin Herbert, who Justin Herbert – was actually, you know, like we took kind of a risk on him. He's just a three, a local three star, and we're like, yeah, okay, you can be the backup because right. we had our dude, another transfer, Dakota Prukop, who was right. following a transfer from the year before that, Vernon Adams Jr. We'll get into Vernon Adams Jr. a little later here, but like, you know, uh, and that Anthony Brown Jr. another transfer, and now we got Bo Nix, and it's just. Right. When you're not developing them, you know, you, we got Ty Thompson, our our highest-rated QB recruit ever, outside of our next one, actually. But, you know, when he came here, and he's seemingly not ready. You know, seemingly just not ready and, and possibly— For any coach. Yeah, apparently. Is he doping, and they know that, no. and so they can't get him off of it, let's, and let's they can't start play that. him? Let's start that rumor. No. No, yeah, no, that's terrible. No way. Uh, uh, okay. That, so, yeah. I just want to add. I guess so, yeah. I do want to add a part two to the question, and that is, is there some kind of 
corporate level bigotry being thrown at us from the NCAA because of our affiliation to Nike. And so they are just making it an impossible workplace to stay here. I'll just say this as I tap the head of my Phil Knight bobblehead. Um, Yes, everyone's against us. Anyways. Because we are the bad guys. Yeah, we're the bad guys. No, we're the good guys. (laughs) If everyone's against us, then we're clearly the good guys. Anyways, I don't think that's how it works, my friend. The fi- let's do silver linings really quick. Then we got to go to commercial. Then we got to then we got a few more. So okay, we're going long, but hey, this is a historic game. So because I mean, this part's gonna be quick. The silver linings. There's not that many silver linings. I just want to say this. We got to see. A teaspoon. Yeah, there's really. I think Bonix is actually gonna be dangerous against the Pac-12. Yes, there. I mean. I think he's going to throw a lot of picks, more than Anthony Brown Jr. Certainly, but I do think Eight he's for the season. Oh let, yeah, let's guess. I'll throw. I'll guess he's going to throw fourteen interceptions this season. Jesus! I mean, he's already thrown two. One. Oh right, he's already thrown two. He's only got to do twelve. Twelve more than the next games. eleven games plus games. plus whatever. So I think he's going to plus whatever. Yeah, but I do wow. think. He's going to actually put up a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns. I actually do believe that against our future competition. And, and so, yeah, especially when he gets more control of the offense. We'll see if that's So true. you expect him to be a high-scoring quarterback? I think so, yeah. Okay. And he's also going right. to make some I bad mean, mistakes. But, right. I mean, the announcers said – I mean, you said it, and then the announcers mimed it, which is that, uh, you know, he's a great quarterback that makes – terrible decisions sometimes that and it happens like every three games or it happens three games a season that is his lot in life okay and then we also got to see every damn running back which was pretty fun that was pretty fun yeah and all of them looked pretty good and all of them had different skill sets uh i'm happy with any of them honestly i especially liked noah whittington i thought he ran really hard obviously in my opinion had the play of the game uh, Marquis Irving, even with the few mistakes he had, he also looked. I mean, he started against Georgia, so that must mean something. But they all right. got playing time. Yeah, I liked them all. Even Sean Dollars got out there. It was fun to see. Uh, the tight end rooms look really good. Terrence Ferguson looked effective. He's going to destroy some poor Pac 12 uh, defensive backs. And I don't know. Well, I don't know what to say outside in the passing game. There really wasn't much to like. And uh, fuck, I guess I'm just about done. Camden Lewis, give him the game ball. Uh, Christian Gonzalez, he looked really good too. Another transfer who did really well, I thought, and was a really good and apparently crucial pickup. Now, Aaron, we got to go to commercial. Hit it. Got it? Okay. Oregon Ducks fans, if you're itching to pay attention to teams outside your own, come listen to No Truck Stops, a Pac-12 podcast. Four Pac-12 sickos, trolls, and friends join together to recap and discuss all of the crazy nonsense going around the Conference of Champions. If you ever wonder what's going on outside Eugene, or you just want to hear people talk trash about your rivals, No Truck Stops is the perfect podcast for you. We cover every aspect of the Pac-12 and every Pac-12 discourse you never wanted to hear. Tune in to No Truck Stops for your Pac-12 fix. New episodes drop Mondays at 5 a.m. wherever podcasts are found.
Sports fan? My life is falling apart. My family left me because I won't shut the fuck up about my favorite team, the Oregon Ducks. What you need is to join the rest of the flock at the Quack 12 podcast. Sounds great. Is it some kind of drug? Will an eighth be enough? Because I'm chosen really bad. No, it's not a drug. It's even better. It's the world's greatest Oregon Ducks podcast. So do I snort it? Visit quack12podcast.com to find free weekly episodes and links to the Quack 12 Patreon. I'm sold. Who needs a family with drugs like this? Quack, quack. And we're back on quack. Quack, quack. That is right. So uh, that's that game. Let us never talk about it again. Let's talk about, I wouldn't say an equally embarrassing game, but it was a embarrassing game nonetheless. Uh, This is one of our favorite segments. Do I have it? Oh, no. I thought I had a quack in time. I guess I'll just sing it. We're go- we're gonna g- get this down, Rivetroy. Quack in time. Uh, I think it's great that you keep thinking you have that clip. I know. I always <laughs> it's a running bit at this point. Yeah, I love it. Oh, and I got that clip. Nope, no, I don't. I think it's because Huey Lewis every single time he keeps deleting it. it. He keeps deleting yeah. it. God damn yeah. it, Huey Lewis! Please don't sue us. Uh, here we go. Quack. So the game I wanted to talk about was the only other time we played our next opponent. That is right, the Eastern Washington Eagles. They're a football team. Um, it was a frustrating as hell game. Now I told you we'd talk about Vernon Adams Jr. again. Wait this a second. What about. What's that? We've already played our second game of football. No, no, no. I'm saying we're about to play our second game of football. Right. right? We're about to play our second game of football. Cool. It's, it's going I to be I was crazy. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Well, honestly, Georgia, that was enough ass kicking for two seasons. Games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Eastern, so Eastern Washington is the team we'll be playing next. They yeah. are an FCS team. Um, they've had some actually really high highs on their level, you know, okay. uh, including almost beating Washington, including beating Washington State, which was very funny. I do believe, if I remember correctly. And a lot of that was happening when they had a wonderful quarterback, one of, honestly, my favorite Duck football players of all time, even though he only came one season as a transfer which now I'm, I've am i grown re- weary of the whole transfer QB experience. His name was Vernon Adams Jr., a.k.a. Big Play VA. Now, this is coming after the Oregon, the Oregon football national title run. Anyways, we didn't get it, but we attempted to get the title uh, with Marcus Mariota, the Heisman winning candidate, you know, Oregon's only Heisman winner. So, in order to replace him, Mark Helfrich was looking for, instead of a QB he had developed, because he was just riding off Chip Kelly's coattails still and his roster, he went to the transfer portal, which wasn't a thing, I guess. He went to the transfer market. I forgot what we called it back then. He uh-huh. went, he got a grad transfer. He got Free agency. Free agency, whatever. He got <laughs> Vernon Adams Jr., who was just killing it in Eastern Washington. They were a high-scoring offense. He's a little guy, but he scrambles like crazy and has the best 
just to touch. He could he could throw it so damn far and just in the perfect spot. He was so wow. fun to watch. One of the best thrower, pure throwers Oregon's ever had. And it took a while. There was a lot of drama, but he passed. Him. It was all about whether he'd pass this math test or not. And he passed it. So he was able to grad transfer over here. Just so he's great at football, bad at math. Uh, well, good enough at math. I mean, he I took mean... he took more math than I did in college. So whatever. Good you know. enough at math. Um, so he transfers over here just in the nick of time. And guess what? In his what? season, just so happens the first team we play that season is his old team, Eastern Washington. Some of them, hey. including one asshole who I totally forgot his name, and so be it, because let him be forgotten uh, to the wow. annals of time. Wow. Dude, so one guy apparently took it real personally that you know his QB, the star of, of Eastern Washington, transferred over to the Ducks and is playing against them because it was a late, dirty hit. My man is sliding, Vernon Adams Jr., and this guy comes in and with his helmet basically targets his hand and just boom crushes his throwing hand and on his throwing hand i always forget which one i want to say it was his pointer finger no no i think it was his middle finger one of the them one one the of the one them. that the ball leaves last yeah exactly it's one of the it was a crucial finger for throwing and literally, he has to have it wrapped up for, like, most of the rest of the season. For most of the season. Eh, like half the season, I think. For the next game, which was huge against Michigan State. It changes your entire angle. Mm-hmm. It changes all aspects of the way you want to flip that ball. Exactly. No, it was it was a big deal. And, like, and the guy got, like, ejected. And as he was ejected, uh, people were booing him. Because it was in Austin, he was like cheering them on. Like, yeah, it was a bad look for Eastern Washington. So honestly. we hate Eastern Washington. Well, that was that was a rough. Uh, this is the only game we've ever played. Not only that, it was a game known for the fact that it was the beginning. It was the first sign, I would say, that the Oregon, the height of Oregon football, was about to come crashing down, because. We had just played Ohio State. I mean, we lost to Ohio State in the national championship game. Wow. And Marcus Mariota was gone. Chip Kelly had been gone, you know. But and, but it, things seemingly were going A-OK. That being said, then we play against – we were number seven to start this season off. And we go against Eastern Washington. And our defense was always, like, good at, like, bend, don't break getting turnovers, you know, helping out the offense in that way. Uh, but it wasn't like shutting them, shutting any defense uh, offenses completely down or anything. It wasn't totally sure. dominant in that regard. But they were really starting to show, like, some weaknesses here. And eventually that would re- it would just be too much that we were just giving up. We were Everything was a shootout, and our offense was getting worse slowly. It was scoring a lot, but just not enough to keep up. And this was the game that really showed, because it was against an FCS opponent, but right. they were able to score. The final score was 61 to 42 points. Like, they scored 42 points on us. Now, in retrospect, one of the reasons why they scored so much is because they had 
an all-time great receiver in Cooper Cup. I mean, the Cooper Cup. The, yeah, I was going to say, I feel like I recognize that name yeah, to some Yeah, Super degree. Bowl winning Cooper Cup. I mean, he's one of the best receivers in the NFL. Uh, he stuck around with Eastern Washington, which is very cool about him. You know, it used wow. to be Cooper Cup and Vernon Adams Jr., like, uniting, doing so well. Um, but actually, Cooper Cup, funnily enough, broke the Autzen Stadium record for most yards. Wow. Yeah. Like ever. Wow. By any person. Two hundred and own it still? Yep. To this day. Two hundred and forty six receiving yards is the most amount of receiving yards. So I want that reverse. I want us to do that, to break that record against next week. Next week. Next week. Who do we want to do it? I mean obviously let's say Troy Franklin. Troy Franklin. Do we have anybody? Yeah. I don't know. Seven don't McGee. Know, Seven McGee. What is going on with this team? I have no idea. It'll be so nice <laughs> to see. The the difference is so couldn't see somebody break one off. Couldn't be larger. Like it, and and so it's funny too because it's like if Eastern Washington scores freaking 42 points against us, <laughs> this is not the same Eastern Washington team. They're they're picked to go like, you know, like sixth in the big sky or something like that they're coming off a good win but it was a competitive game against someone at their level like there's no reason this should be it should not be a competitive game something is off very badly if it's a competitive game concerning Mm -hmm. and especially we need to be watching that defense are you nervous no i'm not nervous i want to see what happens but if they score even like 21 points? 21. If it's if it's like they finish with 21 points, I'd probably be all right with that. If they get 21 points in the first half, I'm kind of pissed because that means our starters are out there and they did it quick. Let's say they finish with 21 points, but we finish with 28. Oh, I'm pissed. I'm furious. Okay. That's way too close of a game. Right. I'll give you... You're expecting a blah, 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 blowout. Blowout. Basically, yeah. I just want to blow out. I'll give you a few this names. going to be one of those Saturday sales. It's a fucking blah, 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 blowout. Yeah, I'll tell you a few. Uh, Gunner Talkington, which is an interesting game. Uh, yeah, in his last, you know, against their season opener against Tennessee State, uh, which was a 36-29 win. So, yeah, it was close. He went 29-46, 348 yards, five touchdowns, which is as many touchdowns as he had his whole career. So uh, they did pretty well. Uh, they're a wide receiver. They got a really good wide receiver named Efton Chisholm the third. Efton Chisholm the third. Watch out for him. Uh, yeah, he's he's a preseason All Big Sky selection. Had 80 catches for 735 yards and nine touchdowns last season. He's going to be a big threat for them. Otherwise, though, I mean, he's no Cooper Cup. All right, Chisholm right isn't Cup. So this should be a blowout. I'm going to be pissed if it isn't a blowout. A lot of Duck fans are. Is he agent Cooper Cup? No, no, no. No, man. Okay. Aaron, uh, let's get into our final segment. Segment well, of the well, day. final two segments. It's kind of a duo duo segment. The picks. Well, we haven't done this part. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, shit. 
What do we got? Aaron, I'm so sorry. Got something I, I, wrote, I wrote down our picks in the other room. I got to go grab it, and I'll be right back. Yeah, I'm going to take a pee break while we do this. I'll even write this time down so we can edit it out. Booyah. I'll say edit. We're editing, baby. I'll say bathroom Hey, break. Aaron, message to you. You're a piece of shit, Quack. Aaron. I hate you, Aaron. I think I'm going to keep that part in, <laughs> but you're going to need to censor it. That's right. We got the bottom 11. Bottom 11. Bottom 11. I swore it used to say bottom 11. Bottom 11. Yeah. I mean, I, I swore the fart sound never used to be there. That's so rude. I can't believe that. Um, I don't know who would have put that in there. Aaron, the bottom 11 is where we talk about all the other teams in the Pac-12, which as of this moment... Is 11 teams. So we call them the bottom 11 because no matter what happens, even if we get blown out by Georgia, guess what? We're still number one. And the rest of the pack, they're bottom 11, baby. Boo. So let's get into what happened in the Pac-12. If we have time, I have a, I have a theory for college football. Let's hear it. I have a solution. I have a solution to the college football problem. With the weird thing happening with the Pac-12 in two years. Yes. It seems, and with other teams now also being intrigued on how to move around, etc. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's a perfect time to break up the whole of college football and redesign it more like football. NFL. No, England uh, soccer. I'm sorry. With relegation Football, and stuff. With Premier League. I like that Championship idea. League. Let's make it to, and you can move between them based on how you do within. There's definitely been a lot of conversation. so easy. There's been a lot of conversation about that in theory, but it's only fan stuff because in reality... That would, there's too much money involved. There's just too much because that means it's fucking bullshit. Even though it's like never going to happen, that means there is a possibility that a team like let's say like a storied program like Notre Dame or Michigan or Ohio State or Alabama could sink could sink and no longer be D one football or whatever. Great. Which sounds fun and stuff Great. like that. Great. Let's start telling the truth. But that's why it's not. It's never going to happen. Anyways. It's, I mean, we already know that the SEC and ESPN are in pocket with each other. So just make that the top one. It's blatant that they're in cahootsie pootsies. So just make them be the best one. Well, don't worry, it's dude. It's fine. You're the best. Congratulations. You're the good one. There's about to be one division anyway. Or two divisions, right. it seems like. Or two, two conferences. Uh, my man, so I want to get through both our picks and the results. So we started off choosing the Arizona State game. That was a pretty obvious one. Arizona State versus Northern Arizona, uh, the Lumberjacks. Sure, they upset Arizona the year before, but not this season. We both chose yeah. ASU um, on this, and we were both correct because they won 40 to three. Uh, Emory Jones, I actually thought he looked pretty good. He was a pretty good Jaden Daniels replacement. Uh, I mean, it's hard to say. It was just against NAU. But I thought he looked pretty good. Also, they had X Valade, cool running back, especially because his name is X. I guess his mm-hmm. full name is Xavier? X, uh, Xavion. Xavion? 
Xavion? Probably X. Well, it's X. It could also just be Xavion. It just says X on TV, which is probably stick to that. But it's X A Z A V I A N. That's so interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, so they were interesting. Where's he from? No idea. But they got okay. one point. Uh, both of us got one point on that one. Uh, that's an easy one. That was a little a warm up. Here's yeah. where one of us separated ourselves from the other one. Sounds like you are happy with yourself. Because TCU Colorado, I baked you. I was like, Aaron, Colorado is shit. I'll never do it. Colorado I'll never do it, bro. Is so shit. Why are you choosing them? And you chose because them. TCU. And you chose them and they lost at home 38 to 13. What do you think of that? Well, I meant to bring it up earlier while watching the Oregon game, realizing that every one of my predictions did not come not true. Not quite. Like, no, you got, got yeah. none of them. Oh, I yeah. began to feel as though my relationship with the game has changed too much for me to trust myself. Mm. And so, therefore, uh, I kind of expect maybe this is going to be just a – Knock down, drag out fight for me the whole season. Well, you gotta trust yourself before you bust yourself. Think about that, brother. Amen. Thank you. Okay, so but, I watched yeah, so that game. Surprised. That game was yeah. yeah, quite a bit of a mess because it was on a Friday, so it was easy for me to watch. Uh, Colorado's in trouble. They can't do much of anything right, especially offense. Their offense looked terrible, wow. even with uh, JT Shrout coming out there. And spelling uh, Brendan Lewis a bit, but they they still didn't look good. Trout looked like more energy, more like air under his ball, like, like but yeah, still didn't look great. So yes, Colorado is bad. Then both of us, we did the uh, no, this is the UCLA Bowling Green game. Uh, Bowling Green, Bowling Green also very not good. Yet you right. chose them because you were feeling because yeah. you won't choose UCLA. Because you're anti-Chip Kelly this season. That's right. That's right. This year, it's anti-Chip Kelly season. Uh, I've come up with a derogatory nickname for him, Uh-oh. and it's Potato Chip. Yeah, that's that's a good one. And uh, I feel bad for it, but you know what? I got to be an asshole to somebody, because that's apparently a thing I've decided to do for the show. <laughs> well, this, this is a little uh, fatphobic, but you can also call him Potato Chip Belly. Like Chip no. Kelly. I feel like potato chip is uh, a bit of a weight shame, and that's why I feel bad for it. Well, he yeah. could have a really great, healthy diet, and genetics are a situation. I don't know. I shouldn't fat shame ever. Well, but I decided to call him potato. Okay, chip. I love it. I love it because also a potato chip. It's it's not just it's the delicious. Fat, yeah. mm-hmm. It's delicious, but it gives you nothing. It has mm-hmm. no sustenance to it. And that's what you're saying. And it's, is. that's how, and that is how I have decided he coaches football. Wow. Uh, <laughs> well, they were a three touchdown favorite, and they won by more than three touchdowns. They won 45 to wow. 17. I will say though, their wow. special teams, which I think is a good measure for like, you know, the fine details that a coach can get to. Like, if they have great special teams, I think it's like, wow, this coach has covered everything. Maybe uh, they looked really bad. They looked they looked bonkers. Um bonkers bad. Not good. No no. And DTR is just like <laughs> classic freaking DTR, just running around like a chicken with his head cut off, throwing around either a huge bomb or an interception or I don't know, he's nuts. Uh yeah, UCLA. 
They may they may do well in the pack this year though. Who knows? Now the Georgia Oregon game. I was gonna go with Oregon. I was gonna go with my heart. But then at the last second I was like, what the fuck am I doing? I want these points. And I went with Georgia. I went with Georgia because I want to beat you this year. And I think I'm doing well. Wait, did you go against the Ducks? I think you side oh. I switched it. I switched it on air though. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I want the points. I'm going with Georgia. And they did win. We never need to talk about that again. Uh, so that's another point for yours, truly. Wow, you just tore away, brother man. Well, Four to one currently. Is that correct? That's uh, Three to one. something like that. Yeah, I got the full total here, but I'm not doing yeah. this in my head right now. You're not done beating my ass yet. Well, we'll see. <laughs> uh, then we got, well, here we go. San Diego State versus Arizona. Arizona, a team that only won one game last season, but... They're on the rebound. They're adding a. Whole, they already added a whole lot of talent. There's. They seemingly are going in a more coherent direction, and they did that by beating San Diego State, a team that you know lost their best player, a player who was now revealed to be probably a monster of a human being. But anyways, uh, so they lost their best player. Their defense is not maybe as good as it was, and that's what they put their hat on last season. Uh, Arizona did a good job of beating them. There was one low light that was very funny where Arizona was punting from their own end zone, and the punter kicked it, and the ball hit their the uh, a blocker's butt, the snapper's wow. butt. Wow. And I bet that hurt. It fell in the end zone, and the other team scored. Uh, That's pretty funny. No. Yep. yep. Okay. At but, least we didn't get play of the week. Yeah. At least that award goes to them. But Arizona. Up yeah, it. Arizona won it 38 to 20. You chose Arizona because you're no longer anti-Arizona. I, on the other hand, thought I did a really sneaky pick with San Diego State, and I was wrong, and I am sorry, listeners, if I lost you any money. Finally got one. Now, next one. Cal versus UC Davis. Again, this is another one where I begged you. I said, Cal isn't very good, but they're better than UC Davis. Come on, Aaron. They're Again, this is like a three-touchdown uh, advantage here. Yeah, you went with UC Davis, and yet, once again, you were wrong because Cal won 34-13. Though, that being said, this game was close for way too long. <laughs> it was close for way too far. Oh, Okay, well, that makes me feel better. I guess. it's You know what it is? What's that? It's the fact that my ability to uh, perceive things is being disturbed by the very fact that we live in the most chaotic of energy times always an excuse with you man i'm just trying to i'm calling it as i see it well next up was usc obviously uh big deal here because he's a new coach new qb new talent everywhere got jordan addison there now um yeah, and so they lived up to the offense portion of it, but as Pac-12 fans have been saying, like, uh, what about that defense, though? And the defense, I mean, Rice only scored 14 points. They won, USC won this game 66-14, to but it was a week one game, as in, like, Rice was also able to move the ball surprising amount. 
But it's not mm-hmm. like a real issue or anything. Like I think they're all doing really good. I think Lincoln Riley, there's still a ton of excitement. I think he's still in already in a better spot than Clay Helton was. But uh yeah. That next week's USC versus Stanford game, that should be really interesting and definitely more telling anyways. Uh both of us chose USC, so we both got that. Utah versus oh, Gators, uh Utah versus Florida. That this was the actual most fun game, most competitive game, really great game atm- week. atmosphere, game of the week, uh, in the swamp. Right. Hell of a game. Uh, I wanted Utah to win it, actually, in the end. Yep. Both of us went with Florida, on the other hand, because we didn't think Utah was going to be able to cut the mustard. And they weren't. They lost by three points. It was nuts. It was a really good game. Uh, Cameron Rising wasn't great, honestly. Uh, Florida has a really fun QB over there that was like an aggressive runner. Uh, really fun to watch. And it came down to Utah had a late lead. Then Florida was able to march down the field. They even bled the clock before they had the lead. Uh, down to like a minute and a half or a couple minutes, just to, wow. which was pretty, I don't know, gutsy, but also cool because they had like five yeah. minutes on that drive or something like that. But they purposely, Good God. yeah, they purposely bled it down because they're like, we don't want to give you any time. And so they score, but Utah still has like over a minute and they march down the field really quickly. It was really impressive, uh, especially uh, Brant Keithy. Wow, amazing, amazing tight end. Really fun to watch him. Um, and so they, they were, you know, chugging down. Tavion Thomas was get, getting really good yards, too. They get down into deep in the red zone. It looks like like they've got plenty of opportunities to try to score the touchdown for the win or get the field goal to send it to overtime because they're only down by three. Instead, Cam Rising throws an interception. Utah loses in the swamp. Uh, it was it was a wow. rough one. It was a rough one. Both of us get that point though, because of Florida. Rough. Now. Well, I just have a bad vibe on Utah for the season. Methinks. Okay. I hope we beat them. That's all I care about. I hope we beat them. I think we will. I think whatever happened last season with them was Flukeville, USA. Yeah, I hope so. Now, um, I didn't watch uh, most of all these other games. I either watched it afterwards or I watched it during. Uh, this one, I straight up didn't watch. Stanford versus Colgate. Stanford won 41-10. None of this means anything. Colgate's bad. Stanford could be good. Stanford could be bad. Who cares? Uh, EJ Smith, Emmett Smith's son, got 118 yards. Tanner McKee threw for 308 yards. I don't know. Dude. They're playing USC next week. That'll be an interesting I mean- game. I mean, literally, you said the two words, Stanford versus Colgate, and I went, oh, God, it sounds so boring. Like, look, you're yawning. I'm yawning. I said it, and it made you yawn. yawn. It's literally that kind of a game. (laughs) It also reminded me of what smelling my breath reminded me I need to use Colgate to brush my teeth. Okay. Next game, so we both we both went with Stanford, and we were smart because they won. Next game was Wazoo, Wazoo versus Idaho. Idaho's an FCS team. Washington State has historically had trouble with FCS teams in early games, especially season openers, as we said. Portland State, Eastern Washington. Um, 
And this one was close. I mean, it finished 24 to 17. We both went with Wazoo. That was smart. Cameron Ward uh, came in from Incarnate Word. Supposedly, there's a lot of talk about him being one of the best, possibly, Pac 12 quarterbacks. Didn't see in this game. All of Washington. I mean, I believe Idaho scored the first 10 points in this game. Idaho did a really good job, honestly, considering they were huge underdogs or underdogs uh, nonetheless. Washington yeah. needed everything. Like, it was it was unfortunate because, like, Idaho's offense was just not good enough and it was clear. Like, it was clear if they were going to win this game, it was going to be because of, like, blocked punts or, like, you know, like an interception in a crucial part of the field or, or you know, like a defensive score. Like, it was going to be something like that because yeah. their offense just wasn't cutting it and Washington's defense was providing enough pressure uh, to throw stuff in but idaho's I, defense yep. stood up to the challenge like it, it was a game it was way closer of a game than it should have been i do want to say mm-hmm. that i did my duck diligence and a mutual friend of ours posted pics of herself and her friends and family at the game Aww. and i talked mad shit on nice. instagram in the dms of course nice because when you want to get when you want to go for the throat, you got to go into the DMs. Slide into the DMs. That's good, especially because they probably I felt bad. I mad shit. They probably felt bad because... And then I told her she should come on the show because it could be fun. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Get her on here. Um, up next, after that, we were getting late at that point. Oh, my, my mic is sliding everywhere. At that point, because uh, we got Oregon State versus Boise State. I went with the Broncos. I thought there was too much hype with these Beavers. But wouldn't you know it? You went with the Beavers, and you got it right. The Beavers actually looked pretty dominant. I mean, after building up a big lead, they did let Boise stay a little bit back into it. But then when they needed to, it was like, boom, back into it. Uh, Jack Coletto was really fun to watch. Yeah. Did you say who won the Huskies game? Did I get a point on that? We're not there yet. That's the final game. We're not that's the final yeah. game. Uh, but Oregon State, who? yeah, really kicked some butt. I'm sorry. Who played Idaho? Washington State. Oh, Jesus Christ. Sorry. I We have a friend that went to the Huskies game, not the Washington Look State at, game. I was, oh, you're, I'm so oh far my away. Oh, goodness. I'm, so did I get a Washington State point? Yeah, both of us did. Both of us went with Washington. Okay, great. Okay, thank you, Jesus. And then, I'm so sorry. Uh, Boise State, Oregon State, you got the Oregon State one. Because Chance Nolan right. actually also looked, he was throwing some dimes. He threw a few okay. few that weren't the best passes. But it really looks like they've stepped up in quite a few ways. And they got a really big week two games, so that'll be fun to watch. And then last but not least is Washington. Washington behind their transfer quarterback Michael Penix Jr. played against Kent State and they dominated as they should. 45 to 20. It was a very good offensive effort. We don't need to talk about it anymore besides to say <laughs> they won and we both got a point. And uh Gaby, I hope you're happy. And uh AJ, I hope you enjoyed your experience. We- There you go. Shout out to those Washington fans that listen to this Oregon football podcast. Now, so that all being said, final score is actually you rallied back because I do have a lead, but it's only a 10 to 8 lead. 
that's a lot of oh right week one jeez so many games so many games absolutely points are gonna stack so fast stacks okay points 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 points, 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 yeah um and to be fair one of those is obviously a gimme because i'm gonna always say not this team and they'll probably most times do well uh i don't think so i think you're gonna beat the pants off you okay now aaron (laughs) final segment to wrap all this up uh, it's a fan favorite, some would say. And that would These be... These have both been fan favorites. The Picks! That's right. It's The Picks. And you know what? I think it'd be fun if we have some uh, background music to this, because why not? Sure. Mmm. Mm, picks up there. I love it. Okay, everybody. Yeah, that is weird. Why does it I don't do know. That? It makes me laugh. Uh, we got... The Picks! Now, Aaron and I, we don't go against spreads. No, 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 no. Because we're good boys. We don't like that whole gambling biz. Even though I may make you... If we both if we both think, oh, there's something good about this, then I think we should have sure. gambling. Like, we should, It should be called our life savings alert. As in... I know for a fact our loyal listeners know... That every so often, I like to make very detailed predictions. That's true. So, I'm for it. Okay, well, here we go. Uh, So, yeah, that may happen, but only if we're we're absolutely sure. You gotta feel it. Gotta have that energy. This is just a contest for Aaron and I to decide who's the smartest. Okay, here we go. Starting off, Southern Utah against, as of right now, number seven Utah. Uh, 10.30 a.m. This is the Thunderbirds. This is the team that we scored 70 points on in really Taggart's first ever game. Aaron, who's winning? I'm sorry. I was listening to the song. The song you wrote <laughs> and sang yes. in. Uh, hit me, Southern hit Utah sorry. University versus Utah. Or at Utah. Uh, Southern Utah versus Utah at Utah. Utah will win this game. Yes, that is right. They're going to beat the shit out of them because they're pissed. Hopefully what we do to yeah. Eastern Washington. Um, Washington State at number 18, Wisconsin. That is a rough one. I think that's going to be a beat down personally. Just because Washington State looks so rough against Idaho. I'm not sure how they're going to do against Wisconsin. Big boy football. But... Aaron, who you got? I'm going to go with Wisconsin. Going with Wisconsin, as am I. Maybe this is a week where we, we're we not very different, you and I. It's like a, a... I might even plan it to be exactly that way. Mm. Oh, actually, you know what? Since I'm ahead... You should be going, should first. Be going first. Yeah, I got you. Colorado at Air Force. I do believe Air Force should be pretty competitive here, or or, or be a pretty good team. Actually, um, they got like ten wins, I think, last season. I think they're a pretty good uh, service academy right now. And as the fun fact in the uh, Oregon Georgia game said, they take zero transfers. <laughs> no one's trying to transfer into the Air Force. No. Now. I'm going to go with Air Force for that reason, especially because they're at home. Who are you going with? Well, Adam, I think empirically I've been against the militarized state, so I'm going to go with Colorado. Going with Colorado. I, I applaud your protest vote, but ain't going to work. <laughs> UNLV, a team that I think... Las Vegas? I think they didn't win 
any games last year, but I think they're coming off a win. Wow. That's right. Marcus Arroyo is their coach, uh, our old offensive coordinator. Wow. So UNLV at California. Uh, Cal's going to win, I think, just because UNLV is very good. Both of us going Cal. Good. Yeah. Good. Rob Wong would be. University of Las Vegas? Yeah, that's right. University of Las Vegas. I think they're going to win. By the way. I'm going. No, you Really? Yeah, I'm going to go with Vegas. Ooh, that would be so embarrassing. So you mean our friend and frequent guest of the podcast, Rob Wong. He's going to be crying because that will be a tough. No. No. Yeah, he'll cry. You want him to cry. Well, I hope I don't want him to. Clearly. But yeah, sure, why not? Okay. <laughs> Well, oh, by the way, UNLV, when they score a touchdown at their home uh, stadium, they pull a giant slot machine. Really? Love it. Are they playing in Vegas? No. No, no, it's at Cal. Oh, God, we're fucked. Here we go. Portland State at Washington. Obviously, Washington's a huge fave because Portland State is but an FCS opponent. Who are you going with? Washington. Uh, then we got Alabama State at UCLA. Again, this is kind of a boring week. Uh, going UCLA because they're heavy favorites here. Alabama State, not on their level. Who are you going with? Obviously, I'm going with the state. Oh, Alabama. I, I thought I was going to be able to trick you, but you're sticking with your guns. You're really going anti-UCLA. Adam, I try to be a man of my word as much as I can. So here I am. Potato. I'm going to rock you like a hurt. Potato hurricane. chips are hard to resist, and I'm pretty proud of you for doing it. Okay. I've, I, well, I eat baked. Lays. I do like, yeah, baked. I think baked <laughs> chips. Oh, they're so fucking good. Uh, let's good. get in the next one. Arizona State at number 12, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State blew the doors off their last opponent, but then they kind of opened up the door and let them back in. Against mere old, I believe, Central Michigan, the Chippewas. Aaron, I am going with Arizona State in an upset. I know I shouldn't. I probably shouldn't. But I wanted to feel a little dangerous. I want to play with the devil here. Who are you going with? I'll go with the state, too. Ah, whatever. Makes me feel even better. <laughs> Less stakes. Then we got... No, you're right. Maybe I should go opposing, but I don't want to. I want to go with the state because I do think they will Final win. Final answer? Final answer. Okay. Emory Jones, save us. Hopefully Oklahoma State's defense is not as good as it was last season. Anyways, USC, number 14 USC. I don't know why the fuck they're ring number 14, but whatever. Number 14 USC is going to the farm to take on Stanford. Here's my little, here's another surprise pick. I'm feeling a little dangerous today. Usually against Stanford versus USC, whoever's not supposed to win wins. Stanford is not supposed to win. Therefore, Stanford is winning this game, even though they suck. Just like last season when they beat us, they're going to upset USC. Aaron, who are you choosing? You have to go first. I did. I chose Stanford. Oh, you already... Shows the upset. My favorite team. <laughs> then I go against you. You're going USC. Smart pick, number 14. Then we got... The number 14, apparently. Yeah. Uh, we got Eastern Washington at Oregon. For all the reasons I said earlier, I'm going with Oregon. 
Me as well, because I believe we're a 12-0 team with an accidental first <laughs> We're a 12-0 team after a loss. That's right. Uh, then we got... Preseason. That was just preseason. This is a damn fun game. I think this is a really fun game. Oregon State at Fresno State, motherfucker. Uh... Fresno State, I believe Jeff Tedford came back. He's their coach. If I'm not crazy, I believe Jeff Tedford's coach there. And, uh, which is... Fresno State. Mm -hmm. Jake Hayner is also back there. Really fun quarterback to watch. Yeah. Oregon State is traveling down there. This is going to be a huge one. This is, I think, going to be a really fun game. It's going to be late. Oregon State looked really good against Boise State, but this should be a real challenge. Uh, we'll see what happens. I think uh, I want Oregon State to win. I want Oregon State to win. But I'm going to go with Fresno State because I think Hayner's got it. I'm going Oregon State. I think they're going to be a 2-0 team. You think they're winning their first straight, eh? Uh, first two straight. Yeah. Uh, I... I don't know. I bet you you're right. Something in my gut is. Oregon State. Oregon State. Oregon State. Yeah. Yeah. If I can't be happy for myself, I might as well be happy for my brother. Oh, that's beautiful. And last game, this should be another interesting one. This is like, yeah. Apparently, all the interesting games are happening late. Because we've got Mississippi State. Not after dark. Yep. Packs off after dark. Mississippi State. Coached mm-hmm. by Mike Leach, formerly of Wazoo, formerly of Washington State. Yeah. He's down there wow. at Mississippi State. And he's traveling to Tucson to take on the Arizona Wildcats. Maybe the much improved? Question mark. I'm going with the SEC team. It's that simple. Wow. Mississippi I'm State. Going with the Arizona. Going with Arizona, huh? You sound like a friend. Now that I over at No Truck Stops Podcast. They're so high on Arizona right now. Well, you know, I'm just stoked to get to be a Wildcat once more. We all know I love that Sandy Bully. You love her. And she wears an Arizona's Wildcat sweatshirt in the movie Speed. Speed. That's why you associated with That is why I like them. That's right. And them's your picks, everybody. Them is your picks. Oh, and that is your show. That is your no, show. No, that's our show. Oh, yeah, that's our show. My Unless we want to give it to the people. I mean, that's what we do. That's what we do. Not for free sometimes, because as you heard in that wonderful, oh, well, in a commercial that will be aired on this one day, we got a Quack 12 Patreon in which you can give us money. You can help us make this podcast. It costs a measly five bucks, and you get hours of really fun stuff on there, both Ducks-related and not Ducks-related. A lot of good Duck history stuff in there, too, if I say so myself. That's on the Quack 12 Patreon. We also got a Twitter account, at Quack 12 Podcast, a YouTube page where you can actually watch this shit. We got so much fun stuff, y'all. So please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and leave a comment. We're going to watch the Ducks beat fucking Eastern Washington. Couldn't be more excited. Yeah. I got my Bymart pin already. It's it's joining Joyce. the list. Uh, you can't really see it because it won't. Beautiful, it, beautiful. Whatever, you see it. Aaron. Do you have any 
words of wisdom to give to our friends at home before we sign off. Peace and love will always prevail if you stop focusing on the terrorists that are trying to control our minds. Also, fucking learn to tackle, <laughs> organ ducks. Come on, man. Hey, come, come on. on.